have a dog. Are you our, Are you going to be our co-host? Oh, he's laying down. Oh, okay. Well, if you face away from the mic like that, they're not going to be able to hear you very well. That's a good thing. That's fair. Oh, the other one's jealous. He's like, hey, what about me? There are dogs in the podcast today, listeners. Look at me. I'm very cute. Can I be on your dog cast? No, that's not what it is. I'm a dog. There's no dogs in this. Yeah, we're here. There's a house. Yeah, we're in a house. There's a toucan that's not even on the list because Disney made it sound like it was a character when it's not even remotely. What's a toucan? Not much. What's a toucan with you? <laughs> well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so Mirabelle But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Madrigal Hello and welcome to Sorted I'm Alex I'm JD And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter Harry Potter's inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way And today we're gonna talk about everything except for... We don't talk about broom, no, 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 no. Oh, I meant to listen to the soundtrack while I was at work today to, like, remind me of stuff, and I didn't. Don't worry, you'll be listening to it while we record. Oh, good. Two guys fell in love with family Madrigal, and now they're part of the family Madrigal. Hey, what are we sorting, Alex? Encanto! Oh, we're sorting Encanto! That makes sense, that's why we're talking about Bruno and the things. Yeah, it's a very good movie. (laughs) It's so good, oh, it's so good. I love this, I have, watching the songs on YouTube, I have cried so much. (laughs) I don't cry that much at things, and I don't think I really ever cry at things more than once. (laughs) But what is Encanto? A movie? Yeah. (laughs) You could try answering the question. I was trying to be succinct. (laughs) Encanto is a movie about a family, and the family inherits magical abilities Mm. because of this miracle that their grandmother sort of made happen. It was a miracle that happened to her for her to help save her family from bad stuff. Yeah, so now they all have, like, a magic power. Except... Except for Mirabelle, who didn't get one. She's not special. And that's what makes her special. (laughs) But she's worried that the miracle's gonna break, and she has to figure out how to stop it from breaking with help from the long-lost mysterious Uncle Bruno. Yeah. Ooh. No, 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 no. (laughs) So let's do the thing. Who's first? Mirabelle! Tell me about Mirabelle. Mirabelle is somehow Rosa Diaz. Yeah! <laughs> Stephanie Beatriz, Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, in a quite different role, yeah. because now she's a Disney princess instead of tough, no-nonsense cop from Brooklyn. Acting! <laughs> she's she's an actor. She's an actor, and she's good at it. So Mirabelle is a 15-year-old girl in this family. She is the third sister on her side of the family and, like, middle of the age range compared to her cousins. So it's not like she's the baby. It's not like she's the oldest. No, she's just kind of there in the middle. And, yeah, she didn't get a miracle when she was supposed to, like everyone else did. Which meant that, like, because of how this family works, she spent her entire life living in the nursery for newborns before they get given their own room. The house didn't give her a room. Where is she supposed to go? I don't know. Maybe the dozen people in their family, including the one that's got super strength, could have just built her her own place instead of forcing her to stay in the nursery with the newborn baby when she was 10. It was an unprecedented event. They didn't know what to do. They had 10 years to build a single room. <laughs> that's a 
been 10 years. It literally has. They get the miracle when they're five. Antonio was five. Oh. She was five in the flashback at the beginning. Oh, it had been 10 it's years. It's been 10 years. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> the family kind of suck in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And that comes down to Abuela. We'll get to that. Yeah. But Mirabel loves her family so freaking much. She's so proud of them. And she just doesn't want to call attention to the fact that she doesn't have a miracle. And she wants to, she just wants to be part of what's going on and feels often like she can't be. While she's had Antonia around, and because they shared a room for his entire life, yeah. they bonded in a major way, They're which is great for her. Like, she was the one who was able to connect with him and talk to him. Like, she knew he was hiding under the bed in their room. Yeah. And that, that was a great little bit. And then he gets his miracle and suddenly she feels like, oh... And now I'm the not special one again. Now I'm alone. Yeah. Because uh, even my yeah. dad and my uncle, who also don't have miracles, are considered fine because they weren't part. Of, they weren't born into the family, I guess. Yeah. And also, like, they get to share a room with their wives. Yeah. You no, know? they're not just like alone, stuck away in in a fucking nursery, <laughs> tucked away as like as if there's some kind of like terrible family secret. Yeah. Like. Despite all of that, she remains like so, so like but it's positive. Still a part of family, and, like, mad we go, and I'm fine. I'm totally fine. At least that's what she she puts out. Like, I'm not fine. Um, she puts out this image of like everything is fine. Like she doesn't want anyone to think that she is yeah uh, upset about any of this. But like, of course she's upset about yeah. it. Of course she feels inferior. Of course she feels like she's some kind of like screw up or whatever yeah. like it, it there's no reason for her being skipped like there's yeah nothing that they can figure out or understand yeah like there's no so like the, so you know she comes to this conclusion and she would never admit it to anyone but the conclusion that she comes to within herself is that there's something wrong with her yeah and like, the film never really quite addresses why that is. There's a lot of theories and a lot mm. of, like, hints and reasons why it could be. Yeah. But it never directly addresses why she doesn't get a miracle. But speaking of big family secrets, mm. she's the first one to notice that, the, that there are cracks appearing in the house. Yes. And she goes to alert everyone, but then the cracks are gone, so her grandmother insists that she must be drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the miracle is strong, and so are the drinks. Big Abuela? Oof. Abuela? Big oof. Abuela? Abuela? The fuck? <laughs> um, but she does, yeah. Regardless of her maybe not feeling like she quite belongs, she cares so much about her family and she wants the best for them. And like. <laughs> so once she has noticed there are cracks, she takes it on herself to try and figure out what's going on and investigate and realizes that. Oh, maybe not everything is as perfect as it seems on the surface. And maybe, actually, even the people with miracles have got their own trauma deep down as well. Mm. Ah, interesting. And she goes to find Bruno, who dis disappeared mysteriously ten years ago, right around the time of her thingy. Miracle ceremony thingy. Mm -hmm. She finds him and she brings the family back together and she, like, helps everyone improve and get better. And Abuela still thinks that she's fucking everything up. And so the miracle breaks because Abuela can't fucking recognize a good thing when it's smacking her in the face. Yeah. Or smacking uh, Isabella's fiance in the face. <laughs> but then it's fine and they get better. Yeah, it, work <laughs> it, it works out. Um, but Mirabelle is just she's like a she's a ray of sunshine. I mean, man. yeah. She like it's 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 a it's a great 
inversion of the expectation, right? Disney, she's she's the quote-unquote Disney princess here, mm-hmm. except everyone in her family has the magical Disney princess power, and she doesn't. She's the, yeah. Well, except for the grandma. Like, the fact that she doesn't have a power is not even a thing. But she sort of, like, brought the power into being or something. Like, yeah. she's, she's what started it. Mm. So she doesn't... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't have a power, but she is the yeah. reason for the powers. It's total I guess. bullshit, Kiff, I agree. Okay. <laughs> Willie doesn't have a gift, but she kind of is the reason for the gifts. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, Mirabelle's a Hufflepuff. Uh, Mirabelle Hufflepuff, yeah. There's an argument for Gryffindor. Sure, there is an argument for Gryffindor, but I think at the heart of her, she cares so much and, like,. Despite her own misgivings, I think that she cares more about others than herself. Is caring an inherent Hufflepuff thing? I feel like sometimes we're just like, oh, we like this person, so they're Hufflepuff. Mm, That's not it. It's... It's not just that, it's it's the way that she cares about people. It's that she's, like, kind and nurturing above all else. Like, she, she wants to help people. She wants... To, and the way that she goes about it is very gentle and very, like, working with the... Like, I'm thinking about her, her songs with her sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that she sort of coaxes out of them this you know, like, what's really going on with them, um, and she has this sort of gentleness, and, like, I don't know, it doesn't feel Gryffindor, the, the way that she goes about helping people. Like, there's courage in accepting being part of this family when she's not special and still singing, literally singing their praises in the streets. Yeah. And trying to help in spite of everything, instead of just, like... Sure. But, like, let's actually, like, let's actually, like, think about it from the Hufflepuff side, then, so... She's very hardworking. Yeah. She's very loyal. Just and loyal. Just, I mean, yeah. As much as anyone, really. Like, yeah. Loyal, sure. Patient. patient. Yeah, patient, putting up with that Ten bladder. years between, like, that's how long, that's how much of the story we didn't get. Yeah. Ten mm. years of her life of her being patient and this slowly wearing her down. That's an interesting way to think about that. Yeah. Like, that's her entire childhood that we just sort of gloss over mm. of her feeling like she's broken. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah it made myself to... sad <laughs> thinking about baby Mirabelle. It's fine. They get better. Alex, who's up next? Bruno? Oh, no, we don't talk about Bruno. Let's talk about Abuela. Okay. <laughs> Abuela is the matriarch of the Madrigal family. Mm-hmm. Uh, she fled from war, asterisk, some bad thing that's not really quite specified. There were bad people doing bad things. Yeah, I think there is a particular historical Probably. point that it's referencing, um, but it could be a few different. They don't make a big deal of it because it's a Disney movie. Yeah. But she's fleeing from that with her newborn triplets after her husband is killed trying to help them escape. Basically sacrificing himself so that everyone else can get yeah. away. So she asks for a miracle and she gets one and she gets a magic house. And, like, a, it's not just a magic house. It's, like, a whole little area. But it starts with the magic house, though. Yeah. The house builds, and then, like, people are able to build a, a, a town and a community around that magic yes. house because of the people who are there. It's, like, a little protected area where they will, they will be safe. And her three children get given the most important gifts of all. Healing, prophecy, and weather. <laughs> I mean... Okay. So... <laughs> Healing. That he- one speaks for itself. Healing is, yeah, crucial. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Seeing the future is very useful sure. when you are establishing a place. Yeah. 
As long as you aren't shitty to him for just telling you what he can see. That's unrelated. <laughs> um, the weather thing, I, th- I think you're glossing over the importance of that. Mm. Like, you gonna grow crops? You need it to, to just, like, rain sometimes? The Bam, thi- done. The thing about it, though, is that it's not that she controls the weather, it's that her emotions dictate the weather. So however she's feeling, that's what the weather is. She has no actual control over it. It often feels more like a curse on her than a blessing. I think that that's sort of just played up for laughs. I sure. Think, I think when she's not, like, super stressed out, she can control it. Yeah, but and when she is she just... ever not super stressed out? <laughs> we don't see a lot of that in the movie. Yeah. But I think it's implied that, like, her ability is that she can control the weather. Uh, we just don't see okay. it a lot. I'm not convinced, but okay. Abuela, though. Yeah. Um, she... So, she... Is, she is so incredibly grateful for the gifts that her family has been given, for this chance to help people. And she she does really want to help people. She wants to... She probably cares too much. Well, that's the thing. the thing. So it's, it starts out for her, she wants to like help all these other people who've gone through terrible things as well. So she and her family, with their amazing gifts, help people all of the time. They dedicate their lives to helping people around them. Like she talks, she sing, well, sings about wanting to earn their miracle constantly she she feels it's mm. important and like to show that they always show that they're worthy of having been given it never to take it for granted and so she always she wants she wants her entire family to be the best they can be and to do, do the best they can to help everyone to dedicate their lives to using their abilities to its full potential and that means expecting perfection from everyone at all times yes especially isabella and we'll get to that with isabella <laughs> She also expects perfection from Mirabelle. So when Mir- but Mirabelle, at age five, immediately became not perfect enough for her because she didn't even get a gift. And so she sort of just tucks her away. Yeah, she, she, she's constantly like, Mirabelle, get out of the way. Yeah. Like, you're, you know, go be somewhere else. She's clearly not, like, intentionally outwardly mean, but she is, like, she stops loving her openly, essentially. She stops, like, praising yeah. her. She stops... She's no longer important because she can't help everyone because she doesn't have magic. Yeah, and it's not like she ever says that outright. Yeah, it's yeah. more about like the little things that she does that imply that. Yeah. Where like like I said, Mirabelle grew up for like ten years in this family. Mm-hmm. That that's that's been like slowly creeping into her like Yeah. We see in a flashback than, yeah. at the moment it happened, she turned to Bruno to ask him what it could possibly mean, and that's when Bruno left. And so she also took that on to mean Bruno left because of Mirabelle. Yeah. Because Bruno didn't say anything about why he was leaving. I mean, he kind of did a little bit. It's unclear. We'll get to that. <laughs> she gets better after Mirabelle screams in her face about being a terrible person. Yeah. And she realizes, and then she gets, gets a little bit in the final song. The miracle is not some gift magic that you've got. The miracle is you, just you. Yeah, and she realizes that the fact that she has her family at all is the miracle. Yeah. And then all the people of the town come to help because Yay! they spent their lives helping them. And they're like, uh, we I don't, we have no gifts, but we are many. That's the part that makes me cry That's every the part that fucking makes time. Me cry. Yeah. That's like my weakness. Yeah. Everyone when, coming together. Yeah. And, when like a, a large group of people like come together to help the like one person and, like, they're acknowledging we have no gifts but we're ma- many and we'll do anything for you because you've given us everything yeah <sighs> it's so good it's, it's, uh, it's like one of my favorite like tropes yeah it's it's the number one thing in movies that makes me cry <laughs> 
I think there's a take for Abuela being a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I because she she is loyal to her family and mm-hmm. to her community, dangerously so. Sure. Like she is hardworking. She put she yeah. like. I mean, she, so she's not using her gift herself, but she's organizing everything, and she like works to maintain the community and everything. Patient is less so, but she. I mean, it's not like she doesn't give everyone many chances or whatever. Yeah. What do you think? I think she's a perfectionist. Sure. And that's not necessarily not Hufflepuff, but I'm w- just trying to think of like if I were to assign perfectionism to a house. What house would it be? And it wouldn't be Hufflepuff. No, perfectionism, if if it were to be a house quality, would be Ravenclaw. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but, well, it doesn't strike me as Ravenclaw in any other way. No. I think Hufflepuff is interesting. Yeah. Um, because this, this movie doesn't have an antagonist. Not properly, no. Um, the antagonist is just the problem in general. Yeah, and it... The closest would probably be Abuela. Absolutely. She fills the role of the antagonist for certain parts of the film. Particularly, yeah. like, what would it be? The end of Act 2? It feels it feels like the end of Act 2, but it feels way too late for the end of Act 2. Because there's, like, mm-hmm. 15 minutes left after that. But I know what you mean, though. The part where Mirabelle screams at her and she tells Mirabelle that she is terrible and Mirabelle runs away after the house collapses. Yeah. That's the part where she is, like, most acting the part of the villain. Yeah. But also she loves her family and cares and she's only trying her best and she's just like, she doesn't know what the best is. Yeah, and she's going about it in a slightly misguided way. Or she's like yeah. not really realizing what she, what she's doing. Yeah. Like she's, she thinks that she's trying to do the right thing and it, the, yeah, like just not being aware of the effects that it's having on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think, I think Hufflepuff is a very interesting... Yeah. I think the next best case would be Slytherin. Yeah. For the ambition of wanting to help everyone and yeah, all and that's also like I could see that being a, a some kind of perfectionism idea. Yeah, I could see that too. But also like she's open to anyone is the thing. Yeah. Like she loves her family and keeps them close and has, has them work and stuff. But anyone is welcome in her community. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have that fraternal fraternity aspect of Slytherin. Yeah. She. Yeah. She's doing all of this like for that the whole town yeah. for like all of these people and people who come from outside the town would be welcome to join the town absolutely no question yeah, yeah. like there's a, there's a reason the Madrigals are so beloved because every everything they have done is so good yeah people just don't really know the internal drama and that's I mean that's that's the plot of the movie that's it that's yeah. the whole thing yeah um it's, it's all it's all about like that outward facade versus what's going on inside would you say she's ambitious yeah, I think so. In, to a in a way, in that she wants the best for like she wants everyone in her family to do great things. But she holds up. She holds people to very high expectations. But not for the sake of like achieving some grand goal. Just for maintaining a a friendly community, which I guess is a goal in and of itself. But it's not a grand ambition to just make things be nice for do longer. Do you? Does it negate ambition if the ambition is not what what some would consider a large, lofty goal? I think it's different. Like, are smaller goals not ambitious? I think it's different in that because it's a smaller goal, it doesn't define her in as much of a way as a larger ambition might. That's interesting, because I think that her dedication to the town is what defines her. Like, I, th- I think I think that that, like, wanting 
to, you know, like, serve the people and, and keep everyone safe and preserve the miracle, I think that is what defines her. And I think that that is her ambition, is to, like, keep that intact. I agree that that's what defines her, but I would put that more to the hard-working side than the ambition side. Okay. Well, I mean, you can't. ambition doesn't get you anywhere without hard work. Yeah. But I see I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I, I could see that as an ambition. There's good... I think there's strong cases either way. Yeah. Um, I do think she's very hardworking. Yeah. And I definitely she, loyal. Definitely and... loyal. I think she's misguided at times, but... Yeah. And by times, I mean most of her life. A little headstrong. Oh, for sure. Um, this leans a little bit more Gryffindor. That does lean a tad Gryffindor. Um, but we've said dedication a few times. What would you say, like, her, her defining characteristic is? For me, I think it is that dedication. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the dedication, the dedication to working for the community and building a, a a strong, thriving, happy community. Yeah, and like maintaining this this magic and this thing and this safe haven. Yeah. Yeah. Which I say is Hufflepuff. I think Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Okay, that's fun. That like the two mm-hmm. like primary characters, yeah. one of which being like clearly the protagonist, yeah. and one being like kind of the antagonist. Yeah. Like, antagonist is a good word for her compared to villain. Yes. She's not the villain, but I think she is the antagonist a lot. She does stand in Mirabelle's way of what she's trying to do a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. But it's a very nuanced oh, yeah. antagonist. Yeah. yeah. That's she's not a villain. She's not evil. You can't like you can't say that. Like, you know, you talk about writing a good villain as being someone who like truly believes in what they're trying to do, and she does, but also like it's what she's trying to do is not villainous. No, it's not It's not really even wrong. She's just a little misguided, a little bit yeah. mistaken. She just doesn't realize what effect her words and actions have on her family. Yeah. She's not meaning to do that. She's kind of like anyone's, anyone's parents. parents or grandparents. <laughs> it's almost like this is a very relatable experience for many people watching. It is a very real like family dynamic. Yeah, it's just like instead of, you know one of the granddaughters is practicing law she's practicing poses yeah that's a line in the song yeah yeah I make perfect practiced poses yeah I think it's time for a grandkid roundup okay <laughs> which is a stupid honestly kind of crappy line in one of the songs at the beginning grandkid roundup it's stupid yeah Louisa we're doing Louisa first she is she's the middle sister on that side of the family but she's the first one who gets her own dedicated song Louisa's my favourite character yeah <laughs> and she has my favourite song mm. I think I prefer the next one both character and song that's but, fair yeah um, I'm not nervous on the surface I'm not nervous I'm as tough as the crust as the earth that's is that's it it's an, oh it's a great song Pressure like a tick, 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 then I won't let go. Oh. Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be your service. Ah! <laughs> My heart! Was Hercules ever like, yo, I don't want to fight Cerberus? I love that line. <laughs> um, just, oh god, that song hits me, man. Did you know Lin Manuel Miranda is good at the thing he good, does? Good at the song? Yeah, he's written every good song. Very good at the song. Every good song. Um, yeah, surface pressure. Hits, Such as hits shrimp me, heaven when. <laughs> shrimp heaven when. I, like, I was having this, like, very honest, vulnerable moment, and you're just over here, like, shrimp heaven. Shrimp heaven. Shrimp heaven now. Uh, oh, you're ready, motherfuckers. 
Uh, no, but yeah, no, it's 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 incredible. Like, um, though, yeah, that that line. I'm pretty sure I'm worth this if I can't be of service. Like, man, n- give me a millennial that doesn't hit home with. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Just woo. That sums up. <laughs> A lot of my personality. Not to say it doesn't ring true with other generations. Just, you know. Yeah. Disclaimer. Yeah. I mean, I say it's my favorite song. It's just the one that hits me the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> Big oof. So, Louisa, middle child, and it took until, like, the third grandchild. So, like, the sixth gift for the house to be, like, super strength. <laughs> yeah. It gave super hearing before it gave super strength. One of the probably most useful gifts for the community in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just funny because of the way it's laid out the family. That's like, yeah, from our perspective, coming in and just seeing these are all the gifts. It's like, yeah, okay, that's just one that's there. But thinking about it in the in story. The order that it, they've been given. Why was that the sixth gift the house gave? It gave magical plant powers before that. Crops. I mean, it's useful. Well, and she doesn't grow crops. She doesn't grow crops. <laughs> Like, it, ah. it's not that it's not useful, the, the other skills aren't useful, it's just that super strength feels like it's going to be much more useful, especially, say, early on, when they'd have to be, like, building houses. So, the house doesn't just assign powers that are useful for the community. Yeah. It assigns powers based on the personality of the individual. Yes, but also, well, but how much of that is the, their personalities are then shaped by what their gifts are? Well, because we see, um... Antonio, Antonio does like animals. Well, he's got a plush toy. He doesn't have a particular bond with animals until he can talk to them, really. It's implied? Yeah. Like, the thing that, like, Mirabelle says, she's like, I know you're, like, you know, it's an animal. So, so like, kind of or whatever. Like, she, she knows yeah. him and she knows that he likes animals. I'm not saying there's nothing there, but, like, it could have been that it was, like, a very small thing for them at the time, and then it became a huge thing. Like... What does it say about Dolores' personality that she was given magical hearing? She's Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> she, she likes to be in the know. She likes to hear things. She likes to listen. Maybe she likes music. Okay, well, let's talk about what it means for Louisa if what she wanted was strength. It's not what you wanted. Or what... Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's strong. <laughs> yeah? But she's not strong enough... So you're, of course you're strong enough. She'll never be strong enough, Rabuela. Always strong enough for me. <laughs> I don't know. Do I need to work out? No. Do I, I, I want to be strong. I want to be buff. Do I need to do some weightlifts? No. I'm the strong one. I'll be the buff. Oh, I thought you were going to go into the song. Because that's what the line was that I was forgetting before. I'm the strong one. I'm uh, not nervous. Yeah. Right. So, okay. <laughs> Just thinking about how many heavy boxes I lifted today. What uh, person? What Hogwarts house is strong? Gryffindor, but uh, <laughs> I know it is. Quidditch muscles. <laughs> also, just gen- general, like oh well, that's like that's like a main character kind of thing. That's like a main yeah. one, so it's got to be Gryffindor because they're the main ones. Yeah. Um, okay, so Louise's whole deal is that she is strong, but she feels like. Um, like with outside of her strength and her ability to use her strength to benefit others that she has no what's the word I'm looking for like inherent worth yeah like her 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 worth is directly tied to what she is able to do what yeah. she is able to produce how she is able to help others um which <laughs> Ooh. I, mean, I mean like yeah like her, uh, like 
under the surface, like straight up gets into that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the the that, song that one line in particular, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be a service. Like yeah, it's that's very whole, direct. That's her whole deal. It's um. But up until, like, we get that song and that, like, little insight into her, like, she does not show that at all. She doesn't show much of anything at all before that, is the thing. No. She's very much a background character until that point. She's very just, like, the strong stoic type. Yeah. Like, I'm over here lifting donkeys, yeah. doing my thing. The town needs strength. They, they, they turn to her and she always, like, they always go to her for anything. Like, we need to move a bridge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, right. I guess there's no structural supports on the ground. It's fine. It's very strange. Um, yeah, and she's always like so willing to help that yeah. she sort of gets taken advantage of. Like that's kind of that's kind of how I saw it. Was like yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. so willing to help that she's kind of overwhelmed because everyone is asking her to do things and she can't say no. Mm-hmm. Which also like God, that's uh, and so this she character is me if I were buff. <laughs> and so she hears this like that Mirabelle thinks that the the house is cracking and the miracle might be breaking and she freaks the fuck out because she thinks if she doesn't have her super strength what is she she's nothing you know it's not just that like it does for a moment she does the the magic does loosen yes. for a moment and she does lose her powers like or they they weaken and she's like i felt weak for a minute and that yeah. freaks her out because she her self-worth is tied directly to her yeah. strength so like that that's what it is it's like she she knows something is amiss because she physically felt it and she is freaked out about it but her arc ends like well so before the like at the, at the end they seem to have lost their powers and then they have like a final song and then i forget i feel i feel like they at least partly reclaim their powers or something again it's kind of unclear it's like eh. mm. it could be they get their powers back it might not be but during the final song they don't have their powers mm. so she's stronger than most because she spent her whole life working out yeah like but she's not <laughs> she's not absurdly over the top magically strong anymore she can't yeah. lift buildings and so she gets a little line in there like i may not be as strong but i'm getting wiser it's Yee. like working herself in that way and like thanks to her sisters and their like now new newly strong bond as sisters Yee. like she's able to grow in that way this is good relying on other people is she also a hufflepuff i think she might be i think i think there's a thing the thing about the the makeup of this family is that they're predisposed towards being hufflepuffs because they dedicate their lives to helping people yeah in I mean, a particular way. We said Gryffindor way. earlier. I could see Gryffindor. We said Gryffindor because that's the strong house. Okay. <laughs> like that. I could see it though. Sure, and that's absolutely a fine argument to make, and I'm here to hear it. But I think it's also a very strong argument for Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think she'd want to be Gryffindor. Mmm. She strikes me as like a, a character who would like want to be that. Yeah. Who would be disappointed to be sorted into Hufflepuff? So how much of like? Ooh. Is she like the opposite of Neville? Yeah. She's like the opposite of Neville, where Neville's like, oh, well, I'm nothing special, I'm whatever, so I can just, I need to go in the Hufflepuff house. And it's like, no, no, you need to see yourself in this particular way. You need Gryffindor to help you and see this in yourself. Yeah. Louise is kind of the opposite. She thinks yeah. like, oh, I'm the strong one. I'm, I'm, I need to be in the house of the cool heroic types. And it's like, yeah. no, no, you don't. Is the thing you are that already, yes. but you don't need to. You don't need to be part of that house to be that. You like need to be that on your own independently, and yeah. you need this house to see your own independent worth separated from your strength. You need to see that you are also kind and you know like human. Yeah. And- 
So I think Hufflepuff almost because even if she's not quite there, she needs it. Yeah. Hufflepuff. That's that's nice. Yeah. It's nice. I just found a way more useful and interesting way for the sorting hat to be a thing than it's done in canon, where it's like it's, putting putting characters where they need to be rather than yeah, like where what could help them. Like that's the part where you would put Snape in Gryffindor because that could have then brought out mm. some of these aspects of courage that he supposedly shows later on. It could be great, you know, and <laughs> Slytherin will help you on your way to greatness. I mean, yeah, but he doesn't need that, though. He's already. He doesn't need an ego. Yeah. Yeah. The head is stupid. Yeah. Cat, get it together. Well, I that's mean... why we're here. <laughs> When you're written by someone stupid, <laughs> it's hard, you know? Like, stupid... Intelligent people can write stupid because they can just be like, well, what's the wrong thing to say right now? Stupid people can't write intelligent as easily because they can be like, well, what's the wrong thing to say right now? And then they just don't know what the wrong thing is. Or what's the right thing to say? And they don't know what the right thing is because they're stupid. Yeah. Let's talk about Isabella. The perfect sister. I don't remember the first song as much, I, but so when I hear Isabella's name, it's more Isabella. Your boyfriend's here. <laughs> uh, Isabella, I think, might be my favorite character, or like in some ways at least. And her, I love her song as well, and like the the story that takes place during her song. It's very good. Isabella is the eldest sister on that branch of the family, and she's the perfect one. She's. Mm. She she's the classic Disney princess. Yeah. With magical flower growing powers and she grows perfect practiced roses, poses, whatever. Yeah. And she, she makes things pretty. Yeah. And she thinks her sister is a fuck up and she hates her and wants her out of the fucking way. Because she's making her look less perfect. Yeah. And it's very important that she looks perfect, otherwise a will disown her. Yeah. And the, <laughs> like it'll look bad on the town from the for the, for the family if the I don't look perfect because I'm the oldest sister. I have to be perfect. I have to marry the perfect guy and keep the family going. Isabella has what? What would that be? Issues like what the what would you call that? Just know. perfectionism issues. Yeah, a complex. Yes, some <laughs> kind of complex. <laughs> some kind of complex. I mean, they've all got some kind of complex. Everyone's got a complex <laughs> in their own. What am I doing? It's There's too I'm, many things to sing. It's because everyone's complex <laughs> ah. <laughs> so Isabella like for most of the film Mirabelle also hates her back because she's like oh her life's been so perfect all the time and yeah, like she doesn't have to sucked. worry about anything yeah. she just has everything handed to her on a silver platter everyone loves her and she's so great and wonderful she, she and pretty and perfect try and so, so like in the in we don't talk about Bruno when everyone's talking about the prophecies Bruno showed them. He told me that the life of my dreams would be promised and someday be mine. And so you like we because we talked about this. You didn't quite catch what that meant the first time listening to yeah, it. Yeah, because I've I've only listened. Yeah, I, and I mean I've one listened to the soundtrack yeah. like the once. And watching it through the first time, you don't necessarily realize what yeah. she's going through until it's brought up. But then like re-listening to that, it's like oh. He told her that the, the life of her dreams would one day be hers, which means the life she currently has is not the life of her dreams. She doesn't want this life where she is the head of the family and has to marry this right, the right guy for, that 
makes the nice picture. She doesn't even like. Yeah. yeah. She's marrying, like she straight up says, she's marrying him for the family, not for herself. She doesn't actually care. And uh, he also says that her power will grow, and it does because the life becomes hers and because of Mirabelle. Oh. Yeah. She learns how to use her powers in different ways, yeah. It's such a good bit of subtle foreshadowing because you don't realise it when you first hear it and then listening back through, you're like, oh, it was right there that she's going through this shit. Yeah. But she can't show it because she's expected to be perfect all the time. And it's only when Mirabelle winds her the shit up. Yeah. And she accidentally sprouts a cactus and she's like, I just made something unexpected. And like, yeah, she's made something like that's not pretty and perfect, yeah. and it's sharp and pointy. And she like, had never tried to make yeah. anything other than the perfect thing that was expected. What of her. could I do if I just grew what I was feeling in the moment? If it didn't need to be perfect, it just needed to be. Yeah. She just needed to make things, whatever. Yeah. And so now she's able to grow all these wonderful, beautiful things that are crazy and weird and different. Yeah. And Messy. Like, yeah, and the make weird powder i'm not quite sure what's happening in that moment colors, like pollen and stuff i guess what i was thinking yeah. and there's another key line in there like how far do these roots go down talking about this giant tree but also how far do the roots of my personal issues go down mm. to at least the age of five and probably earlier and you're <laughs> now like 21 or something yeah <sighs> poor girls you know camillo's fine like, he has nothing going wrong. Well, his issue is just that he doesn't know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. He's just trying to fit in and... Oh, we get to Miller. But <laughs> Isabella... So, the perfectionism really shines through in her. Yeah. She feels like she needs to be perfect because that's what she's been told her whole life. She doesn't want to be, but she thinks she needs to be. Yeah. It's what's expected of her. Is she Slytherin? Ooh. It's not like she. It's interesting because, like, there's what she wants and what she thinks she needs to do, which are two different things to her. What she thinks she needs to do, I think, is very Slytherin. What she yeah. wants is not Slytherin. What she needs is probably Hufflepuff. I don't know. Mm. But how much of that is. Well, I guess to be fair, we saw did Louisa based on what she needed. Yeah. So again, she would go to Hogwarts and think. I need to be Slytherin. I need to be the perfect one. I need to have the ambition. I need to rise to the top. Yeah. And she just wants to chill, grow plants. Make stuff. Yeah. Like. Have fun. Be a goofball. Yeah, be a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, she never really got to be a nope. kid, huh? She never got to be messy and... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She is kind of hard. Um, like, what she, what she wants is just to be herself and to... Uh, unwind a bit and so you're okay you're you were suggesting that the perfectionism mm. is a slytherin leaning trait in her instance at least yes that she's ambitious yeah or she had she has these ambitions thrust upon her yeah i guess um, and she and she takes it to heart and she tries to her best to live up to that yes um, but it it's very stressful and it's a lot for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, Slytherin characters do come to mind, like Malfoy. Yeah. Um, is it kind of in that boat? Yeah. Um, he was raised in shittiness and he absorbed it. And was expected to to you know live a certain life. Yeah. 
So, like, what I'm trying to get at is that her personal ambitions of wanting to break out of that, mm. her own desires of wanting to be free, essentially, mm. of being her own thing, I don't think that negates the Slytherin. Yeah. I think that that is a selfishness. Yeah, it's a different flavor of Slytherin. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it is a, it's a selfishness that she has had to smother her entire life for mm-hmm. the sake of you know, the town yeah. and doing what yeah. her family needs. But at the core, she she wants to be herself. She wants to do her own thing. And I, I can see a Slytherin in that. No, yeah, I like that a lot. I wasn't really sure where to go with it, and I think Slytherin works quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's really fun, like, uh, for why... Like a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff, like they're <laughs> a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff either are very, like the best friends ever, <laughs> or they like butt heads a lot. Mm. And so like her relationship with Mirabelle is very much of that like butting heads. Mm. And then once they've sort of come to an understanding, then they're very close. You're a bad influence on me. <laughs> like it's it's that's a very good, very yeah. good combo. I like it. Cool. Who's next? Antonio, precious boy. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. Uh, Antonio is the youngest Madrigal. He is five, and he's just getting his gift today. And he gets the gift of being able to talk to animals, and he gets a jungle room. That's cool. It's way too fucking cool are you kidding me <laughs> and so he's like really important in the film at the beginning and then he's sort of like not there as much in the middle but then he shows up again at the end to help out he's kind of a framing device in some ways oh that's interesting at the beginning of the movie we are being told like oh yeah he's gonna get his gift today and that's how we come into knowing like finding out that Mirabelle doesn't have a gift yeah it's all sort of framed by gifts the, yeah like his gift ceremony happening and yeah. how she feels in relation to that and her experience and then at the end, he's just part of the family. And yeah. Well, there's also, as far as his gift ceremony and framing goes, there's the part where he has to walk up to his door to receive his gift, mm. and he's scared and nervous, so he wants Mirabel to walk with him and hold out his hand to her, and she walks down with him so he can get his gift. She gives him that strength. Yeah. And then at the end, when they've rebuilt the house... That is so good. Just one more thing before the celebration. What? We need a doorknob. We made this one for you. And he hands her this doorknob that they've made for her because she didn't get her own she door before. Get her own door. And then he holds her hand to walk her to the front door of the rebuilt house while her family watch on and sing her praises. And like oh. that that is her gift moment. Yeah. Like that is yeah, and he's, that's what it comes to. He's yeah. gone through this his own journey of like being this scared child to being this cool, confident guy. Yeah. Who's really ready and able to help out thanks to his new animal friends. Yeah. Yeah, because he's got like a lot going on too. Like the person before him did not receive a gift he doesn't know if he is going to receive a gift and there's a lot weighing on him if he doesn't because it's been 10 years yeah like his whole life he's been on this journey of like everyone's hoping and waiting for you to get your gift because it didn't happen for your cousin who shares your room and they don't know if he will or not there's like uh, some like random townsperson who gave Mirabelle balloons Uh, or fireworks or something Osvaldo yeah okay (laughs) who mentions like yeah last time it was a huge bummer yeah Last gift ceremony was a huge bummer. Well, you know, it was yours. Yeah. I made you the not special special. You know, because you're not special. Okay, we've talked about, like, how much growing up with that would have sucked for Mirabelle. Yeah. But, like, this is also going to suck for Antonio, who, like, his entire life is built around whether or not this thing even happens and the expectation.
expectations and how much of a letdown it could potentially be for like everyone. Yeah. It's all about that matter of perception, really, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if there actually is pressure, it's whether you feel like there's pressure. Yeah. Antonio definitely feels like there's pressure. That's a lot to put on a five year old. And like you said, like you're not to put on anyone. They're not actively putting that on. They're not meaning yeah. to, but like things like that guy making comments like yeah. that, like the little things, like that's gonna seep in. There's literally only one person who'd be putting no pressure on him and it's Felix. Felix won't give a shit. No. Felix like, you're my boy. I don't fucking care. Like if, you, yeah, you get a gift, great. If you don't, oh well. He's a good. The dads are so good. <laughs> the dads are both so good. <laughs> the dads are so good. House for Antonio. I think Gryffindor. I also think Gryffindor. I think he's got a lot of that Neville energy as well. Mm -hmm. And like, we kind of get his ceremony where he's like- He's he, very scared. Yeah. He's nervous. Mirabelle didn't need the gift to give her the confidence or whatever. She carried on without it. He, I think he probably needed the gift to get that confidence. Yeah. And to grow. I and he right. does so much throughout the course of the film and he becomes the brave one. He becomes the one who's able to stand up against things. Yeah. And I think that's his Gryffindoriness shining through. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about Bruno a little bit because oh, he is talk? a character. Oh, okay. I think we're going to talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. <laughs> so on that. <laughs> I don't know why it sounded like that cat. No, 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 so, Bruno was originally supposed to be called Oscar, but for undisclosed legal reasons, they had to change his name. And so five names were given to Lemma Miranda, who just said, definitely Bruno. And it's 100% so we could go, Bruno, no, 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 no. It's the best to work with with a song. And so as a result, two Disney films in 2021 came out that had a theme of making no noise regarding Bruno. Uh-huh. Which is weird. It's a little weird. Pull one out for anyone named Bruno. <laughs> So Bruno is the only boy of the original triplets and the people of the town don't talk about Bruno and Mirabelle needs to learn more about him. And also he's Elsa. He says, let it go and sure. let it, yeah. Also his story is quite like Elsa's. He has this bit, power yeah. that is considered dangerous and people are scared of him. And so he runs away from his they family. Mis they misunderstand. Yeah. He's not creating the, it's it's the, the, the classic thing of like- It's Absol. It's Mothman. <laughs> I think Absol's a little bit more well-known than Mothman. <laughs> Thing is associated with danger or bad things because it appears yeah, or... It's seen as a harbinger of them. Yeah, when really it it's is... It's warning. A warning, yeah. yeah. And it's a good thing that it's there because it's letting you know that something bad is coming and you can now take appropriate measures instead of just not having any idea it's going to happen. Yeah. So, he has yeah. this gift of prophecy and on the night of Mirabelle's failed gift ceremony, Abuela asked him to see the future and he saw a vision that he didn't understand that was Mirabelle standing in front of the house while it collapsed. Mm. And so he fled because he wanted to protect her and the family because he loves his family so fucking much. And he fled into the walls of the house. <laughs> because he didn't want to leave because he loves his family. And he sets up a table on the other side of the kitchen <laughs> wall so he can sit with them and eat the dinner with them while they're eating. It's very sad. Yeah. I mean, it's also convenient because he gets food that way. He just Also, for some reason, he has a connection to rats. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with the rats is. Yeah, it's just, he's it good. It just kind of is. He's just good with rats. Yeah. Do you think the house is helping him? Probably. Do we get much interaction between him and the house? We don't get much interaction between anyone except Mirabelle in the house. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like, in a lot of ways it feels like the house is kind of Mirabelle's gift it does I mean, it, it came before her well, it's just attached to her the original house was Abuela's gift Mm. The newly rebuilt house? Yeah. Mirabelle's gift. Mirabelle's just going to be the new matriarch. Yeah. And she'll be taking the role of Abuela, but without putting that pressure on everyone to be perfect and expect their gifts to be wonderful. Because she's good. Because she's learnt. She's been through that. 
Yeah, I like th I like that reading of it. That's very good. Bruno though, like he's... fortune telling has Ravenclaw vibes, right? It does. Like it feels like an intelligence thing. His gift is the most intellectual of them because it's he's it's providing about knowledge. knowledge and thought. Yeah, he's providing yeah. information. What else is that to say about Bruno? He's got a seven foot frame. <laughs> seven foot frame wraps along his back where he calls your name. It all fades to black. So let's not talk about Bruno. He's a Ravenclaw. Let's move on. I like Ravenclaw for Bruno. Yeah. yeah that's good. Cool. Which, Who's next? Which means it's time. Oh! <laughs> you threw me off. It's time. It's time. For the lightning bolt round. Alex, up first is Dolores. I like Dolores a lot. I things. like Dolores a lot. I think she's so sweet. She, oh, she, well, she is. She's this big sweetheart. She um, just wants love. Yeah. And a pair of headphones, probably. A pair of noise-canceling headphones. Probably, yeah. Dolores is a Ravenclaw. Cool. Tell me about Julieta. Julieta is Luisa, Isabella, and Mirabel's mother. She has the magical healing power. She's just a good mother, really. She's, yeah. She's a fairly minor character. She's very supportive and kind. She has healing power. She's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Specifically healing powers with food. With food. Food. Very Hufflepuff. Yeah. Tell me about Augustine. Oh, you're gonna get both dads now. Oh yes, I get the dads. Tell me about Augustine. Augustine is Mirabel etc.'s father. Mm -hmm. He's allergic to bees. He's like yeah. stung by bees every time we see him. He's incredibly clumsy. Ah, okay. But why does that have? What does that have to do with bees? But he gets stung by bees because he's like clumsy. Like, well, there's a sh like one shot is of him trying to chop wood and he swings the axe backwards into a beehive. But he's doing his best. He's trying. Yeah. There's one great scene where he finds Mirabel with the prophecy. And like sees that it's showing her in front of the destroyed house and he just hides it. And yeah. Abuela's like, why would you not think about our family? I was thinking about my daughter. It's like, yeah, he was protecting his family from you. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a very, very loving, supportive dad. It's great. Um, so good. Who like has his daughter's back. Abuela is very much the antagonist in a way that her uh, Mirabel's parents never are. Yeah. They are nothing but supportive and loving. Hufflepuff for him too. <laughs> I think he works hard and wants to help. Yes. Tell me about Peppa. Peppa is Mirabel's aunt, the mother of Dolores, Camillo, and Antonio. She has the the weather powers we talked about. She gets stressy really, really easily by like things going on around her. She feels like the again we don't get much from her apart from she's one of the people most adamant about not talking about Bruno. She feels like she's the closest to Abuela in terms of the expectations for her, the family and everything. Mm. So I'm gonna go Slytherin. I think she's got that like okay. that side. She's the side of Abuela's. Yeah. We put Abuela and Hufflepuff, but she's got that side that's more Slytherin of sure, like of yeah. the yeah, yeah. ambitious expectations. Ooh, that's fun. The the three original triplets are all in a different house. <laughs> Alex, tell me about Felix. Felix is Peppa's husband mm -hmm. and father. Father of the cousins. The other ones. He's great. He's so good. He's so chill. <laughs> he's very funny. Yeah. He's, he's very much, um, this is very much one of those like opposite attracts kind mm. of deals where like Peppa is very stressed out all of the time, very high strung, and he seems very chill. Bruno walks in with a mischievous grin. Thunder! <laughs> you telling the story or am I? Like, he's... I'm sorry, maybe they'll go on. <laughs> he's... Yeah. 
He's kind of a goofball. Yeah. Um, God, was in so many Hufflepuffs, but like he's a Hufflepuff. The, the film skews Hufflepuff. It does. And that's this okay. Is, this is a skews Hufflepuff. And that's one of those good, good Hufflepuff Slytherin combos mm-hmm. of like unbreakable. Like, remember when we did Knives Out and basically everyone was Slytherin? <laughs> okay, okay. That does make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Camillo. Camillo is the final cousin. He's kind of the least important one to the film, really. He's a shapeshifter? Yeah, so he's between Dolores and Antonio. He has shapeshifting powers and uses that mostly for pranks. Like, he turns into a smaller version of his dad at one point. Yeah. His dad's just like, I don't sound like that. I don't sound like that. <laughs> turns into brute. Yeah, he does bits and pieces. And he's he, just. He is a bit like his dad, and then he's kind of yeah. a goofball. Yeah, he's a 15 year old kid who just. Yeah. He's just chilling. And yeah, he's not super involved in things, but like, there's like this motif because of his shapeshifting about him not really knowing who he is. Yeah. Which makes it really difficult to sort him, because if he doesn't know who he is and the film doesn't show us who he is, how am I supposed to know who he is? Yeah. Gryffindor? He gives me big Weasley twin vibes. Oh, that's fun. Alex, tell me about town kids. Ah, the many children in town. Yeah. They want to know all the hot goss. <laughs> She's about to tell us what a super amazing gift is. They drink too much coffee. Who's <laughs> giving that's... these children coffee? Just one, just one kid. Okay. Also, it's Columbia. They do everywhere. coffee. Columbia loves coffee. They're excited and they want to know. And I think that, yeah, they want to know things. I'm going to go Ravenclaw. That's fun. A bunch of baby Ravenclaws who are excited to know things. Tell me about Mariano. Mariano is the aforementioned boyfriend. I just have so much love inside. <laughs> you love him. It's his only sung line and it's so stupid. It, completely, it goes completely against the flow of the song. It's just there. It's just silly. But he's genuinely such a nice guy. He is, yes. He is genuinely so full of love. He's initially like courting Isabella. And like, so the final song takes place over the course of several months. So it's not showing, but presumably at some point she's let him down gently that she's not going to marry him because yeah. now she doesn't feel the pressure and expectations do. And he's still helping out because he's a great guy. Yeah. And Dolores has had a crush on him the whole time. And so she comes and, along. And she has like this line about like, you're nice to your mom yeah. and like, you're really sweet. You and talk like, so loud. You take care of your mother and you make her proud. Okay. You write your own poetry every night when you go to sleep and I'm seizing the moment. So would you wake up and notice me? Yeah. Like a line that has such Lima Miranda energy of like writing raps for women. Yeah. He's so pure and good yeah. and loving. He, like he takes care of his mother and he makes a practice. He writes poetry and he just wants to love. He and- just wants to love. And the fun thing about that is that like Isabella doesn't necessarily know that yeah. stuff about him. She's just sort of like with him yeah. because she's supposed to. She he is like care. the most eligible bachelor in town. Yeah. Therefore um, the most eligible bachelorette of the most important family should yeah. court him or be courted but, by like, him. But she doesn't really care about any of that stuff. Nope. She's but, marrying like, him for the family. Yeah. But like Dolores does know this stuff yeah. about him. Because she can hear it and, even if she doesn't mean to. Yeah. And so like she does actually like appreciate him for his personality and Mm -hmm. like who he is rather than just his looks and his status or whatever. And so then you've got Dolores who's like always kind of been in the back because she speaks very softly and quietly because of her voice. But so she's always there and just doesn't get noticed. So then his line, Dolores, I see you giving her what she wants and needs. Yeah. And I hear you giving him what he wants and needs. It's beautiful. It is. It's good. Hufflepuff. Yeah. It's just a very satisfying resolution where like all of those, those pieces for them specifically really do like fit. All of you resolves everything so beautifully. Yeah. I love it. Alex, tell me about Osvaldo, a.k.a. the guy with the gut in We Don't Talk About Bruno. Sure. And also the guy who gives Mirabelle the not-so-special special. special. He's kind of an ass. Oh, really, though? (laughs) But he doesn't mean to be. He doesn't mean to be. He's so chipper. Yeah. But also he's kind of an ass. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, what's the least self-aware house? Gryffindor. Okay, he's a Gryffindor then. <laughs> he's I, very bold in the way he goes up to her and tells her she's not special. He says these things. Like, my dude. Yeah. Tell me about Senora Pesmuerta. Senora Pesmuerta only has one line in the film. During We Don't Talk About Bruno. But she has a great dance number. He told me my fish would die the next day. Dead. And she just tilt, head tilt to the side like it's flopped over. It's great. And she swings around with the dead fish bowl. Do you know what Pesmuerta means? Dead fish. It means dead fish. <laughs> Her name is Lady Deadfish. Yeah, I was looking at that on the list and I was like... Her, her name is Lady Deadfish because she's the dead fish lady. I just thought that was fun. Because she's, she's not named on screen. They just needed to give her a name for yeah. the credits yeah. sake or for the script or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves her fish. Animal lovers in Harry Potter have been traditionally Gryffindor, like Hagrid in particular, charismatic creatures. So Gryffindor, I guess. Sure. Alex, tell me about the priest. There's a priest? Um, so he shows up a bunch of times in the background. He's one of the people leading the group to the house at the end during All of You. Oh, okay. Um, he's the one who loses his hair during We Don't Talk About Bruno. Okay. And he sh- like he was in the- also in that song during the flashback to the wedding. Oh, okay. Just here and there. Reoccurring minor character. Yeah. And a Hufflepuff. I was running short. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's go up Puff. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, JD, tell me about Casita. Casita is the house. It's, it's the only on-screen death in the film. <gasps> the house dies. The house does die. <laughs> and like they, they build a new house, but it's a new house. And the miracle comes back. And I guess the miracle is the part inhabiting it. But it kind of dies and they just get a new one. Casita is the house itself. It has a bond with Mirabel. And again, a thing I learned recently, in the original draft of the film, Mirabel and Casita would have had an antagonistic relationship, both vying for Abuela's approval. Mm. But during lockdown, the directors and writers were like, uh, no, Mirabel needs more of a helping hand in this. And it's much better for it. Because it shows yeah. that like the house is supporting Mirabel in her fight to protect the miracle which it should because it is the miracle. Yeah, it's sort of the embodiment of the miracle. And yeah. it has a connection with Mirabelle. Like, that is... Mirabelle doesn't have a miracle, but she has this very strong connection with it. I really love how they've, like, animated mm. the house and, the, like, the ways in which it moves and has a personality. Yeah, um, it's scared for itself and the family. It loves the family very much. It does. It's a half above. Yeah. And that's Encanto Sorted! Alex... Yes. I've done two in a row now, so please, I would like to invite you to sort it out. Okay, cool. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, I actually have one today. Good. Hey, what if the food in Harry Potter was more magical? Go on. There are a few instances, specifically with candy. Mm. Like, there's a lot of magical candy. Chocolate frogs, oh, sugar quills. Buddy bots every flavor beans. Yeah, like... Cockroach clusters, blood pops. The world building had a lot of fun specifically with candy. And that's good because it's kids. You know, kids care about sweets. Yeah, and it's very marketable. Yeah. They can make candy. But what about, like, just regular food that's, like, magic? So you mean, like, describing food in a way to say, this food is magic? Because when you first said that, my thought went to the food Queenie makes in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's nice, too. Which is, like, a, a lovely magical effect, and it's the kind of, like, homemaking magic that we don't get to see a lot in Harry Potter. I mean, that's good, too. But I it's also different. want more the, of that. The but... final result is a normal... It's just food. Whatever it is. I want, like, enchanted food. Yeah. I want... Like, I want to give you something to do with fried chicken, but fried chicken is already magical. <laughs> there are two directions that my brain is going. Okay. They can both happen. They can both exist. Food that is, like, this is a baked potato, but it sings. <laughs> you know? Like, food that's sort of enchanted. Yeah. Or whatever. It's, it's also your, your in-meal entertainment. Yeah. Like, why don't wizards just do that shit? They can. It's fun. But there's also, like 
like, what does dragon taste like? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's not like they're opposed to killing dragons. They use its blood for 12 things and they use everything else for everything. Hagrid holds a dragon steak to his eye to heal it. Yeah, what is that steak for? Is he going to eat it? Well, not that particular one, I don't think. No, but But like, is that why he had it? You could probably buy it to eat. I want to know about that. What does hippogriff taste like? (laughs) Hippogriffs of France. Yeah, but like, is it like chicken or is it like... Horse. Yeah. <laughs> so I would guess the part where they're eating magical creatures or whatever, that's that's seems like one thing, or magical plants as well. That I could see being a thing more. The idea of like the singing potato, I would guess the reason why... <laughs> Sweets are made magical in that way. Because they're a novelty. Because they're for kids, and kids want to have the fun thing. Kids are like, aha, the chocolate frog's jumping away. I'm going to chase it to try and eat it. Oh, this sweet might taste gross. You want to eat something gross? Oh, but it might be nice. The sugar mice are scurrying across the table. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when you've just come home from your (laughs) 12-hour night shift at the ministry, (laughs) you don't want your potato to sing at you. You just want (laughs) to fucking eat it. Okay, that was a bad example. No, I know, I know. But... (laughs) I think that's why it doesn't. It's because the the meal food, the the regular food, is for the adults who don't want their food to do that. Because the series focuses on kids, right? Sure. We know about more joke shops in this world than we know about grocery shops. Yeah, where do they buy their food? I don't know. Do they go to a muggle shop? Does fucking Narcissa Malfoy go to fucking Tesco? No, they have it delivered. (laughs) In the 90s? Oh, that's true. The house elves. (laughs) Well, they sent Dobby to, to Tesco? Yeah, they sent Dobby to Tesco. <laughs> Dobby go to Tesco. <laughs> Dobby does. But Dobby, do- but, Do- Dobby but house- go to Tesco. We need more parsnips. But, like, house elves can do things like become invisible. In, like, oh. Like, they have magic They that- steal. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, magic food. That's fun. I want, um, I want the food to be cool and magical. I want, like, burritos that wrap themselves. I want pies that, like, sparkle. Magical flavors. What flavor is this pie? It tastes like a rainbow. Yeah. Like, not like Skittles. Like an actual rainbow. Yeah. This is the flavor of rainbows. I want stuff like that. I want, I want more magical food. Singing potato was a bad example. <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything on the spot. I've had a moment to think about it. Nope. From now on, every single potato in the Harry Potter universe, it's canonically singing at all times. <laughs> it just wasn't relevant to Harry's journey. But every day of the Great Hall, there are thousands of potatoes singing. Every day. And it just wasn't relevant to Harry's fucking journey. <laughs> it should have been. Is my point. Um... So thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Cult Classics. Home Viewing. And our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Majakamo of the Wampum Willows for use of our theme song, The House of Awesome theme song. If you agree or disagree with our sorting, you can find us on Twitter, at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet at us your favorite... Superpower, magical power, word. Yeah, your favorite power. <laughs> favorite power i like the power of two you know like in math when you it's like this is a hundred to the second power <laughs> should i use the better number as an example because the power of two is not actually that interesting is it <laughs> no of course not <laughs> it's an easy one that's why i like it you know what i like <laughs> tell me alex what do you like well you don't need money don't need fame <laughs> Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Bye. It's the power of love. It's cool that it's sudden. It can be cruel sometimes. But it might just change your life. That's the power of love. Bye.
Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Do you like the Dresden Files novels, tabletop role-playing games, improv, adventure, or butt jokes? If not, I don't know if we can help you. Hi there, this is Michael, the host and game master for Green Mountain Mysteries, a Dresden Files RPG actual play podcast about four ersatz heroes fighting wizards and monsters in Burlington, Vermont. Come for the grand urban fantasy adventure full of diverse characters. Stay for the many butt jokes. Seriously, one of the players is playing a proctologist. It's just chef's kiss. You can listen to new episodes of Green Mountain Mysteries every Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold.